Hello listener, it's the host of Campbell's Football's Grant Campbell here, with a message to every one of you listening to this podcast. Please keep safe during this very stressful time with the outbreak of coronavirus affecting not just football, but our everyday lives. Make sure your friends and family are safe during this very stressful time for many of us, not just physically, but mentally too. But Campbell's Footballs will still be producing podcasts. However, there will be very few predictions because obviously there's not much football going on at the moment. I have a few in-conversation specials though, which I'm sure you would love to listen to. But at the end of the day, please make sure that you look after yourselves. Take the time to listen to the show in your own home, with friends and family. And remember that we are all in this together. So take care, be safe, and I'll see you soon. Well, we're back for another episode of Campbell's Footballs, and I'm joined for this episode by a guy who is definitely a forefront of discussion. There's lots of very interesting discussions with lots of football fans, players, and range of other people on social media sites. It is Pie and Bovril's Dave McDonald. Dave, a warm welcome to the show. Good afternoon, thanks for having me. No, it's really interesting to have you on, Dave, and I think it's very interesting to discuss how pie and bovril has really become a staple diet, if you like, uh, for the genuine Scottish football fan. But uh, first of all, just before we kick off, how are you coping during this coronavirus shutdown? Because no football at the moment. Uh, yeah, no football, that's right. It's, it's really strange. Um, I mean, I think when it first started, I think we were all a bit and we all thought, you know, we were going to be locked away for a couple of weeks and... If we get back and as time has gone on, it's obviously proven to be much more, I don't mean more serious than we thought, but I think it's just, it's mind-blowing yeah. kind of what's going on at the moment. It really is. Um, I am, as I say, I think you wake up every morning and for that split second you forget, then you go, oh Christ. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I work from home anyway, so for me, what I do, I've actually been quite fortunate in that I continue working normally, so that's all fine, but mm. um, it's kind of weird having the wife and kids in the house and <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely missing football like badly, I think, uh, as I'm sure most people are. Yeah, and I certainly go into that bracket. I really miss my football. In fact, I was playing lots of football manager over the last few days to keep me entertained. I really do miss my football and I hope it comes back very soon, but obviously everyone's health is of uh, firm importance at the moment. But let's talk about yourself, uh, Dave, because Pie and Bovril, as I said, has been a really uh, interesting um, phenomenon for a lot of people in the world of Scottish football, but we'll come on to that shortly. But first of all, I just want to talk about yourself specifically. What made you want to get into football in the first place? What was your first initial interest in football? Um, well, I think I was taking a lot to games uh, by my grandfather when I was uh, about five or six, and my family are all from Paisley, so one was my, my local team, mm-hmm. and um, he wanted to keep me away from, from the, the big two clubs in Glasgow, so he took me along to see St Man, and I was pretty much hooked from, from day one. Um, I spent all my kind of childhood watching St Man. I didn't go to many away games as a youngster, um, but as I kind of my teens then away games 
it became a real attraction for me and I absolutely loved it and I've kind of continued to do that and then obviously I take my son now to games and it's just it's just what we do it's, it's our thing I think everybody needs a, a, a hobby and I do, do have other hobbies but football is a massive part of what, I, what I'm interested in and uh, I said mum I'm sure like most provincial clubs it's like a complete roller coaster of yeah. emotions it's and it completely dominates your, your life at times but uh, I wouldn't change it for the world but, you know I love the club I've got so many great friends I've met through the club um, I do a lot of work for the club as well so and my day job so uh, yeah so it's, it's an all consuming part of my, my life <laughs> um, and, and as I say I wouldn't change it for the world Absolutely Were there any players growing up following St Mirren that you took a real shine to? Well, it's interesting actually when I was I mean Simon at the time when I was first starting to go in when I was five or six I was born in 72 so the, the late 70s Simon team was Fergie's Furies which I was probably well I was too young to really appreciate at the time um, how good a side that was but during the 80s Simon uh, were actually a good side you know we were top five in the, in the top flight every season we were getting semi finals cup finals uh, playing European football um, but it was really in my, in my teenage years that I started really thinking you know hero worshipping players and it's funny I, 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 I totally worshipped Gunny Torferson who signed for us in kind of 1990 maybe 1990 yeah. um, because he was foreign and that was you know we didn't sign many foreign players before <laughs> then really yeah, yeah. and uh, I just I was mesmerised by him um, and he was probably my hero and it's quite interesting actually this season strip because um, I'm a big kid I've got the one strip's got a full white panel on the back so yeah. it looks really bare so I got Torferson for some nine put on it and <laughs> I got I got an, an Icelandic guy actually contacted me um, just before Christmas and said him and a few of his pals were doing a tour of um, they were Liverpool fans were going to Liverpool uh, to watch the Champions League game and then coming up to Scotland and they wanted to go and see us at one game it was this one Hearts game actually that was the original one that was uh, postponed because of the storm yeah. and uh, so anyway he got contact with me and he's really good pal Bugini uh, Torfesson he yeah. brought over an Icelandic top signed by Guni and we had a brilliant night out actually we, we, it was about 20 of us went out in Paisley uh, the night of the game should have been on it we just all got wrecked and, yeah. um, but they were really good fun but he then FaceTimed Guni so I'm sitting in this club half pissed having a conversation with Guni Torfesson and going my god you were my hero Superb. Um, so yeah so he was my probably my first big kind of football crush um, Campbell Money as a goalkeeper was I was always yes. when I played football as a goalkeeper so I loved Campbell Money when I was really young as well yeah. um, but there's been, there's been we've been really lucky someone I've had a lot of really good players over the years for for comparatively a, a relatively small club um, and we've had some really good times as well yeah absolutely and the, the, the fantastic memory I can remember of recent times falling some and was obviously winning the Scottish League Cup in 2012 and 2013 yeah, well, the 2013 final was amazing because obviously we had the, the cup final we don't talk about in 2010 where, where we lost the uh, Rangers who only had nine men. Yes. So that was probably probably the lowest point of my time falling. So it sounds a bit kind of yeah. selfish to say that in a cup final, but losing nine men when you thought, my God, what a chance to win it was so hard to take. So yeah. to win it then three years later was amazing. Um, and we had a really good team back then. And you look back in that team, like John McGinn was, was really good at the four for us at that time Stephen Thompson Gary Teal uh, Paul Dummett who's a regular for Newcastle now in the, in the English Premier League playing you know we had, we had a lot of really good talented players in that team yeah. so it was great that they did win some silverware and again you never ever um, never take for granted 
take that for granted because we are a, a relatively small team. So I've, I've been lucky enough to see us win the Scottish Cup and to win the League Cup and to win the Championship uh, three times in my life. And yeah. so I have been very fortunate. Yeah, absolutely, and I, and I also remember um, growing up at uh, St Mirren, Love Street being a really iconic ground. Where you, uh, what did you think of Love Street in comparison to the new ground now? Um, what I'd say is it took a long time for the new ground to feel at home. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a lot of people criticise it, you know, because it's grey and soulless and all that sort of stuff. But Love Street was... I mean, it was home, it was worse and all, it was an amazing place and we all have amazing memories of it, but I was pretty tired at the end. Um, and I think when we moved, it was, there was a tinge of regret and a tinge of sadness, of course there was. Then we got the new ground, it's like a year, almost a calendar year, you have a, a league win there. Um, so it didn't feel like a nice place to go and you didn't enjoy it. There was no bars around it. Yeah. It, was, it just was hard, but actually it was uh, two or three seasons ago um, when we were on the verge so we were down near the bottom of the championship heading straight into League One when mm. Jack Ross was there and he was struggling and the fans just I don't really know what happened but they, there was a, a group a new group got formed a bit like you see at all the clubs now the, the web boys and all that sort of stuff the, the North North Bank group was formed and they set up almost like a singing section in the ground and what a difference they've made yeah. and the whole atmosphere in the stadium changed the team then started playing really well <laughs> it all just snowballed from there and and, and now they we're on the, the road to fan ownership it's among the fans are all now I just there's a whole different feel about the whole club. It's just it's, it's magic at the moment. Actually, yeah. it's a really good place uh, with the club and the, the fans and the team and the board and everything. It's all kind of really well connected and together at the moment. And that, that won't always be the case, but at the moment, I think it is good. And the stadium, uh, they've just done little bits around the place to make it feel a little bit more at home. And I think we'll enjoy it now. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so, but it is, it's, it's really hard. It's not Love Street. It never will be Love Street, but. I think we've been there long enough now, and that's 11 years now, actually. So people still call it a new stadium. You know, like 11 years we've been there. It's yeah. not that new, but yeah, I know. in Scottish football terms, of course, that is it's great. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I enjoy it now. I really enjoy it. Yeah, a lot of clubs, you know, when they shift stadiums, um, you know, it takes a little bit of a time for them, as you mentioned earlier, to, to kind of feel their way. And I, I remember when Arsenal, obviously, were really successful at Highbury, and it took them a little bit of time to kind of feel their way into life at the Emirates. And you look at teams like West Ham, who are still adapting to life at the London Stadium down in England. And, you know, it, it really is a, a, a difficult feel, kind of, be sometimes. And the fans really need to make that uh, home, do you not think so? Oh, definitely. I think um, I, I, I met some Aberdeen fans on, on my Scotland travels in the past, and um, I keep in touch with them. And you know, their big concern about the new stadium is that it's it's far out of town, yes. but also that it's going to lose. You know, although Petrodi again is probably well, it has seen better days. It's it still generates an atmosphere in the big games, and they're worried they're going to lose that. And I think. Dave Cormack is, is going to be good for everything because yeah. he, he seems to get that he does seem to understand that and so hopefully they will get a safe standing section or something because it'll make all the difference um, but it's hard it is hard to me you move out of town I mean the Samarang ground is still only 10 minute walk from Paisley uh, uh, to be honest from where Love Street was so it's mm. not that far away as Aberdeen are moving I understand significantly yeah, further absolutely. out so yes. yeah. it's, going to, it's going to be hard for them um, uh, as a, it really tugs at the heartstrings as well when you say you're, you're leaving a place where you've grown up supporting your team Absolutely. and you've gone there every week and, and then suddenly you're going somewhere else it's uh, it's tough yeah and as a fellow Aberdeen fan myself I, I'm going to find that very 
weird, I think, when I first go to the new Kingsford grind. It's going to be very, very strange. But maybe we'll see how that happens uh, further down the line. Obviously, St Mirren, uh, I've had some really interesting managers, a, a, a varied successes. Uh, was there a standout manager for yourself, Diff? <laughs> Um, well, I really enjoyed the, the time under Jack Ross. Um, obviously, he did. I mean, it was an incredible 18 months we had under Jack. Um, I love, you know, Tim Goodwin's a, a, a legend, a hero uh, down at the club, and I'm really enjoying watching the team under Goody as well. But um, for me, the, the best season I had uh, following someone was the 1999-2000 season, as, as we call them, the Millennium Champions on Tom Hendry. Yeah. Um, that was a team that was widely tipped at the start of the season to be relegated from what, what is now the Championship was Division 1 and we won it out of the park and we played some amazing football scored so many goals it was just one of those those seasons that you never forget um, it was a good age for me because I was kind of late 20s I had yeah. a wee bit of money at last I had no kids I had no responsibilities so <laughs> I, was, I, was, I went everywhere went home away and every single week was another party and it was just just one of those incredible campaigns and so Tom Henry I absolutely adored him yeah. um, I was gutted that I kind of never really worked out with him in the, in the top flight um, I felt we were really close at times but we just it just didn't happen just didn't click and then we all just went to plot after that and, yeah. but, but he was still you know one of my favourites as I said earlier Gallagher Ferguson was too uh, I was too young at that time to really appreciate him and we had good managers after then but Definitely Henry Dirk Ross, and, and as, as I say, I really like Jim Goodwin. Yeah, I was quite surprised you didn't pick um, Danny Lennon. Obviously, um, he guided the same team to the League Cup. I thought you might have picked him. Uh, Danny, I found Danny quite hard work. I mean, I did. I, you can't even not like Danny Lennon as a person. He's yeah. a lovely guy, and he did well in one as a cup and all that. But I don't know. I just, I, I, I didn't get. I, I think Danny annoyed me a little bit about the Danny Lennon either was I think we should have done better in yeah. the league I feel that about Derry McInnes sometimes with Aberdeen I mean, I, I mean don't get me wrong Aberdeen have done very decent under McInnes obviously they've, they've won the League Cup in 2014 but I often felt that they could have gone a little bit better especially in Europe I, I feel so it's a very similar way with McInnes that you could maybe feel about Danny Lennon no, we definitely we had, we had a lot of really good players then. The club were spending a lot of money comparatively, and albeit we did one season finish eighth in the league, which and that sounds amazing when you mm. th think about it now. But it was very last minute. You know, we won like four of our last six games. And yeah. We were in relegation trouble up right up till the end. And you looked at the squad we had and thought we should never have been anywhere near that. You yeah. know, he we really be able to address what seemed really obvious problems in the team at that time. Um, we played, even when we won the league cup, we, we won it by playing Jim Goodwin at centre half because we yeah. just continually refused to sign centre halves. It was really bizarre. Mm -hmm. um, and even we had centre half sitting on the bench. It was nuts. But anyway, well, I, I, I don't get me wrong. I really like Danny Lennon as a person, and he did great for St Man. But I just I didn't feel that chemistry yeah. was there where I thought oh, I love hearing you. Talk talk and whereas I really got that with Jack Ross he talks so well yes. really good enthusiastic guy played really good football and as I see Tom Hendry as well loved the style of what he brought to the club and Danny did play some really good stuff Danny did play some good stuff at times that's for sure yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk about Simon here and now. Uh, Jim Goodwin is at the helm at the moment. They've been having a solid season. They're not scoring many goals, but they're not conceding many either. Do you think long term it's a good appointment for Simon? So I think. We have 
been through the managers. There's no doubt about that. But it's not always been our own or own doing. Obviously, we lost Jack because he went uh, he went to Stirling, which was an amazing yeah. move for him. Yeah. The Alan Stubbs thing didn't work for anybody. I think it was just a really really bad fit and a bad appointment. And I could talk about that for for days, but mm. let's not bother. No. And, um, but yeah, and then Oren Kearney, I think everybody really liked him, but again, there was there seemed to be some geography issues. He didn't want to move. The club yeah. wanted him to move, and so we end up with Jim. Who you know the fans adored from day one, which is always pissing me. Comes in and the fans are already, you know, convinced that they love him because of what he's done for the club in the past. He understands the club. He understands yeah. the fans. Um, and I think we just we just look really organised. That's what I'd say about Goody. Yeah. We obviously he came in late in the summer, so we were a little bit behind the eight ball in terms of the recruitment we did. But he did okay, and we've begun to see some of the players that we did bring in just took a little bit of time, like Jonah Beacon yes. took a little bit of time to settle in, yeah. and he's been excellent. And you know, as as you say, we've not set the head on fire. We're not, but we're not getting carried away but sitting ninth in the league just now had we finished this season properly I would have been fairly confident we wouldn't have been bottom um, I, would, I would definitely have taken our chances in the playoffs because I think we're far better equipped than we were this time last season yeah. um, but I reckon we'd have finished maybe 10th uh, yeah. I think 9th probably kicked me out of a little bit I think Ross County would have finished above us to be honest but, yeah. but anyway um, and then kicking on to next season where we've got a whole summer we've got 10 or 11 players signed up and we're not kind of changing manager because we've changed manager flipping every summer for the last three summers mm. it's kind of really annoying um, then this is you know this is the time for us to kick on I feel like hopefully once this awful thing is, is over we can get back to playing football hopefully yeah. we can kick on absolutely is there a standout memory or a game that you can Put it your number one on your list for me. Just thinking off the top of my head is the one where Simon absolutely thrashed Celtic four nil um, at Simon Park. Andy Dorman uh, double, and I think Steve Thompson got a double as well. Yeah, again, I'm, because I'm ancient, I've seen someone play so many games. I mean, I've seen this win 3 0 at Parkhead, which was incredible. The 4 0 game, as you say, was unbelievable, especially because it came three days after the cup final defeat against Rangers, so it, which just completely thumbs someone up. Um, but yeah, there's been so many. The cup finals, the you know the, the game when we won the league, uh, the championship two seasons ago, and um, we got the trophy against Morton. That was an amazing day because we yes. already won the league, so there's no pressure. They come, you, the stadium's full, you're getting the trophy. It was sunny, one. It was just you know one of those amazing days. You go out and have a huge party after that. Uh, there's been loads of great times. There's been many really crap times as well, but you kind of don't. You just erase those from your memory because they didn't happen you only yeah. pick the good times absolutely. and there's been absolutely heaps there really has there's been loads yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about Pine Bovril because that really is a, a, a fantastic Scottish footballing institution. How did that come about? Um, probably like a lot of good things that came about completely by accident. So what happened was I was uh, setting up a website for St Mung fans at that point. Um, this is back in 2002. And as part of that, the hosting package, I got given a free domain name. So... At that time, there was a, a site called Scottish Football Online, which was the first kind of site for fans of all clubs. So every club was having forums and guest books discussing this and all that, but there was no nothing really for fans of all clubs. Yeah. And Scottish Football Online was really popular, but the technology at that time wasn't 
particularly great and it kept crashing and going offline and God knows what else so I set up High and Bovril almost because I was a, a user of Scottish football I mean, almost as I kind of if it goes down come across to PNB and you can continue to chat there and it, it just became Scottish football online kind of just collapsed and they just couldn't get it to be reliable so people got fed up with it and ended up staying on Pine Bobo and yeah. that was pretty much how it started and it kind of was the first the first season we ran it it was actually mostly all what was Division 1 clubs but in 2003 it started so it was Clyde fans Falkirks Mirren they were the crux of it and like forums just need like a need a snowball like a snowball pitch you need a crux of a, a good amount of posters who are visiting regularly creating content yeah. to then encourage others to join in and it just grew and grew and grew and it's it's been mad actually um, because P and B is its users. So you know I don't really do anything P and B just apart from trying to keep it running. P and B is all about the users who create the content on it, and yeah. there's so many really sharp, witty, clever people on it. And yeah. there seems to be far more of them than idiots, bampots, and so it just seems to there's been so many good people on it, and we've somehow managed to maintain that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's been quite incredible to be honest. Yeah, why does it become? Why is it still so popular amongst Scottish football fans? Is it just because they need a a site where they can, as you say, have a discussion with like-minded people about football? Yeah, I think as I say, there's still there's still a groundswell of really good people on it who who are funny, who are clever, who and it's not just about football. There's so many other things going on on it now that it, it just became. There's a lot of people who are. I'm addicted to it and they, they enjoy spending time on it um, so it still gets we get around 5-6 million hits a month on PNB so it's, it's pretty big wow. but, but that's coming from maybe 40-50,000 actual members who post and then mm. but there's far more than that who just visit it to read uh, to read what's going on and laugh at it or uh, and maybe just don't engage so it's kind of yeah it's but I think that's the, the most important thing is that it's not just about Rangers and Celtic. It is about yeah. all clubs right down to kind of junior level, amateur level, everything. And everybody's got a an idea they can go to and find out what's going on. It's a good place for kind of news. It's certainly a good place for rumours and a new endo and God knows what else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, sometimes get out of trouble. But it's, there's, just, there's just enough good people in there. I'm really lucky to have a good moderating team who yeah. look after it for me as yeah. well. And they're excellent. They've been there for years and years and years, and they understand the place. They know all the posters, and, and they, they keep it kind of clean and ticking over for yeah. me. Yeah, I wonder if indirectly your, your kind of Pine Bovril page is very similar way to how off the ball started, because I think a lot of Scottish fans kind of grown up always thought, oh well, it's about Celtic and Rangers, and the other teams never really had a voice. And it looks like your page, in an indirect way, has a similar effect to what off the ball was produced for. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, we do have a lot of Rangers and Celtic fans on there. Um, but we created a section for them, you know, to, if they really want to go and just slag off each other, they can do that. <laughs> they don't need to kind of pollute everything else. Yeah. And that works pretty well, to be honest. Um, but the ground, you know, the majority of fans on it, I would say, are, are from the other 40 teams and then below, um, yeah. which is great. You know, it's, it's, it's really good. And I enjoy reading it and then 
as I say, some of the stuff you need, there's some so clever guys out there and yeah. they're very, very funny as well. You can get gambling tips on it, you can get tips about holidays, cooking, you name it, it's on there. It's, um, and it's, it has become kind of, uh, it's a big part of my life as well, to be honest. Yeah. I, I treat it as like, a, like a, a baby, to be honest. Absolutely. It was something that just happened and then I kind of nurtured it and dude, I'm quite passionate about it and I defend it. Yeah. A lot because it does get criticised from time to time. Yeah, well, but, um, that was my next. That was my next question. How how well um, dedicated are you to making sure this becomes a very popular and consistently interesting piece of uh, information for people to go to? Because as you say, if you want something to do well, you want to make sure you dedicate enough time to it. And it sounds like you do that. Yeah, I mean, it's, my, my my day job is I have a web design and web host business. So okay. PMB is just another site that I look after, so it's, it's part of my day to day life. Oh, is right, making okay. sure it's up and running and it's working and all that sort of stuff. So I'm lucky in that way that I do work for myself. And if I need to spend a few hours doing something on PMB, then I can do that. But as I said earlier, the, the day to day running of it, the moderators do that for me, and the content on it comes from the users. It doesn't come from me. So yeah. naturally, it's, it's it's a beautiful business in a way because I don't need to really do very much, which yeah. is, is always well like that. But obviously, I deal with uh, complaints and I deal with the technical side of things, and we have uh, quite a lot of technical challenges. A bit yeah. like you know, running a site at that volume, mm. it takes a little bit of work and a little bit of looking after. But um, but the technology is getting better and things become a little bit easier. So. Um, and hopefully it's been very stable the last couple of years, albeit some of my frequent users wouldn't agree with that, but it has been very stable. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the moderators and the users, the users are really PB. It's not really about me, it's about the people that post on it every yeah. day. Absolutely. You've got a couple of really interesting features, and I want you to just maybe give me a little bit more information about them. There's one called SPFL Buzz, and one called Heat It Back. Uh, can you give a little <laughs> bit more of a flavour of what that's about? So the SPFL buzz is, is something that I've kind of always thought would be good just to get a temperature across the fans about how happy they are with our club on and off the pitch. So mm. we started doing a kind of poll. Um, the intention was to do it once a month, but it was too difficult. So we do it once a quarter, and we basically just ask fans of all clubs in the SPFL, all 42 clubs, to rate out of 10 how happy you are with your club on the pitch and how happy you are off the pitch. Okay. And we combine that into an average score, and we publish kind of graphs and tables and stuff like that it's just a lot of fun just to find out at the end of the day fans are pretty fickle usually if your team's just been dubbed you're pissed off even if they'd won the three games before then so but it's off the pitch stuff is interesting you know yeah. you see Falkirk for example sitting albeit they are in the third tier so of course the fans aren't happy to be there and they shouldn't be there but they are up the top end of the table they're winning most weeks but the fans are absolutely slating their boards you know they've got the lowest approval rating of any board I think right. in the whole of the SPFL mm. and that's been consistent which again you know it's not rocket science everybody would expect that but I just find that interesting um, and yeah we've had really good feedback from it you know like a boss their approval ratings through the roof yes. on and off the park again as you'd expect Montrose another club who do very well and again as you'd expect but I think it gives these clubs um you know, reassurance that what they're doing is really good and being well received by the fans because yeah, on the park is, is obvious, but off the park sometimes isn't quite as obvious and, and their, their fans are, are definitely buying into it and we get, we get a lot of votes, you know, we got, we, get, we get tens of thousands of votes last time we did it um, across all 42 teams, which is great. 
mm-hmm. and we give away chocolate brownies for folk who randomly who, who, who kind of take part in it just to say thanks and stuff like Brilliant. that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good laugh. It's a good laugh. Um, the heated back thing was just something that we don't we've not really done much of that actually this season, but I always try to encourage people the ball comes your way in, a, in any game, particularly if it's on the telly, is to try and head it back. Yes. Um, and that's just something that we all, we've always done that. It's fun. And if people catch the ball on header it, they get booed. Yes. Around. Yes. Um, I uh, thought that I'm was not right. I'm sure if anybody's been injured to try to do it, um, but, but um, yeah, it's, it's almost just a lot of fun. Yeah, I know. I remember. I thought that heat it back was quite memorable because I remember being to a few Aberdeen games, and one time actually the ball was coming to me, and of course somebody around me shouted heeds, and of course I gave it a good heed back, and everybody was cheering. But yes, you know, I wondered if that was the connection. I just wanted to be sure. Yeah, that's exactly what it's about. It's trying to get people to head of the ball back. It's, yeah. um, I've only ever managed to do it in 40 odd years of going to games. I've only ever managed to do it once, but it was an absolute belter. <laughs> and I got I got lots of, you know, there was, everybody was celebrating around me because um, it was it was a lifelong ambition, you know, an absolutely power of header back. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that was at the old love street. I yeah. do remember that. Was a, that was a good day. I was just looking on here at your forums page. You really have absolutely everything in the world of Scottish football of interest, including Junior football, Highland League football, only football, women's football as well, and that can only be a good thing. Just kind of um, embracing everything within Scottish football. Yeah, I mean, actually, uh, when women's football three years ago, when women's football was really kind of coming to the fore, I tried to actually create a version of PD for purely for women's football to keep yeah. it separate, but kind of never really took off. Um, for me, it's important. I mean. I've lost you. Yeah, it matters the same team as it matters to anybody who supports one of the big teams. And I think as a smaller club fan, everybody gets that. But the bigger clubs sometimes don't really understand. You know, oh, why do you support that team? They never win anything. But yeah. that's not really the point. Um, so for me, if somebody supports a junior team, they're almost as certainly, if not more passionate about their team than I am. And so it's important for me that those people are a place that can go and they can discuss it. And in fact, the junior section in PV is really, really big because those fans didn't have anywhere else to go. Yeah. I, I think they do now, but. PNB is, is, is a big is a big deal in the juniors and in fact it causes me probably more hassle sometimes yeah, yeah. than the bigger leagues because people everybody knows everybody so yes, exactly. kinda, it, it can be yeah, it can be very, very lively down there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I was just, I was just having a look on your, on the, another part of your website here. You do, you do kind of retro phone cases as well, which is quite incredible. Uh, okay, that's just a partnership we have with uh, Nostalgia. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's um, so really good fit for us. The, the, the products are really good actually, and so they, we promote them. They give us a wee kickback sort of thing. It's all part of the business. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, those guys are really good. And again, they're kind of young, uh, up and coming Scottish business, and I really like to try and promote Scottish businesses as much as I can. I'm quite yeah. passionate about that. Kind of the small businesses, not even just Scottish. Anybody who's a small guy, I think you know. No, absolutely. Really interesting to know a little bit more about Pine Bovril and how successful it has been so far and how continuously interesting it is, Div. I mean, where do you see the future of it going? Um, it's a good question. I mean, to, to 
Twitter and platforms like that obviously affected us quite a lot and took some of our traffic away. But I think P and B is a kind of it's something that will hopefully continue to be, uh, hopefully continue to be used. We've yeah. got kind of plans. We're going to hopefully re- re- release a new app uh, in the next three months. Hopefully, it may be affected by what's going on just now, which will uh, will help. You know, just to get bear it in people's hands because we want people out at games and engaging with each other and taking yeah. photos and videos and what have you Absolutely. Um, but, but yeah I, I think it's as long as we, we maintain a, a groundswell of good people in the forum then it will continue to be a good place to go and enjoyable place to go um, I, you know I'm, I'm not under any illusions about what part it plays in Scottish football but it is, it's part of it there's no doubt about that I don't think anybody can debate that yeah. it's part of it whether it's a good part or a bad part it's up for debate but it's a it's a part of it and then yeah I think that'll continue I've certainly no plans to to, to, to go anywhere with it I'm not doing anything with it I'll just continue to nurture it and, and try and improve it and, and keep it going as, as long as I possibly can so we might see you on TikTok or Instagram very soon then <laughs> uh, yeah kind of, Twitter's the only platform that I really use in terms of PNB and it's you know absolutely I'm a, I'm completely addicted to that uh, I think Twitter just amazing um, so plus, a, yeah. a lot of time on there as anybody who follows me will, will testify to talking a lot of crap most of the time but yeah. <laughs> I, I do really enjoy it I think Twitter for breaking news there is no better place in the world uh, than Twitter to find out exactly Definitely. what's going on um, sometimes it's nonsense but you'll certainly find out about it on there and again I follow lots of really interesting people in the game um, who are really you know I like, I like hearing what they've got to say and, and that's what I particularly like about it because you only follow who you're interested in and the adage you uh, I never block anybody but I like meeting people yeah. and um, <laughs> it's just the best to live where they're shouting away and you can't see them it's, it's, it's really good and what about yourself obviously still continuously following St Mirren I mean what's the dream for you um, in the next well obviously to see St Mirren win some silver I'd assume um, yeah I, I, the, the one thing I regret is that I've never seen this play in Europe um, I was a little bit young to go to the away games um, when we were in Europe in the in the 80s so that's something on my on my tick list I'd, I'd love to see it to, to take part in an, an away European game yeah. um, that would be amazing of course I want to see us take on and winning another cup would be amazing but I kind of feel as though I may have had my fill of that because I've been so lucky to have seen my team win two major trophies and I look at clubs bigger than us and their fans haven't had that so I'm kind of like maybe that way I won't see that again but you never know you never know Um, I'd like to see us kick on in the Premier League and the Premiership sorry and, and hopefully break into the top six at some point I don't see why that shouldn't be possible when I see teams similar sized to us who have managed that um, but yeah it's kind of I just for me football is a day out with the boys it's a day of seeing people you friends who you only see in football your yeah. family goes it's a whole day out the away games for me are just uh, most football fans agree that the away days are the best and they're just amazing days so many stories and memories and uh, sometimes the football is almost irrelevant not irrelevant but it's kind of it's only part of the whole day um, so that's what and that's what I'm missing that's what I'm really missing the people yeah. football is you know I'll sit and watch anything uh, on the telly as well from in the house so I'm mm-hmm. missing all of that but uh, just 
getting into a game, experiencing the atmosphere, seeing your pals, having a few beers, putting some bets on. It's, it's all that. All that. It's, just, that's what's it's all the about. package, that's isn't it? Yeah, it's the package, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely. That's, that's what I'm, I love and that's what I'm missing. Yeah, absolutely. I'm in the same boat. Well, David, I really have enjoyed our conversation and learning a little bit more about Pie and Bovril and its fantastic acclaim in the world of Scottish football. Long may it prosper. Long may it continue to be a thriving success. And thanks for being a guest on the Campbell's Football Podcast. Yeah, thanks so much. I've enjoyed it. And uh, all best for your podcast as well. Thank you very much. Well, listener, that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Campbell's Footballs. I hope this podcast was just what the doctor ordered. If you want to listen to previous shows or look out for future shows, follow Campbell's Footballs on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to other podcasts. You can also follow the show on Facebook at Campbell's Footballs. Search for me, StatoG91, on Instagram or other social media channels. But until then, until next time, I hope you enjoyed the crack and enjoy Campbell's Footballs. What a dangerous night!